And from the KTOO Newsroom, I'm Anna Canny. After years of quiet opposition, residents of Kluckwan have publicly said no to a proposed mine upstream from their village. Last week, they led a ceremony to honor the Chilkat watershed and the life it sustained in the valley. KHNS's Alain de Premenil reports. Under steady rain, organizers set up shelters and start a fire by the bridge over the Klehini River, 26 miles from Haines. They hold hands and listen to Lonnie Hodge tell the story of how Raven brought fresh water to the world. And they hope for a good turnout. The event is a water blessing ceremony hosted by residents of Klokwan. Hodge is an organizer. We have very deep roots here and we feel a keen sense of responsibility to protect the river for future generations who will live here. Not just humans. I mean, the eagles are our neighbors, the bears are our neighbors, the wolves. Harch says this healthy interconnection is threatened by the Palmer Project, a large hard rock mine that is being planned upstream from her village. We don't want the mine. We don't need the mine. Extraction economies, they're destructive. It's not something we should build our hopes on. It doesn't pay off in the long run. These salmon have supported our people for countless generations. Around noon, people start to trickle in, building up to a crowd of over 150 people. Singing starts. Organizer Nancy Keene leads children in songs and activities. We place a message onto a piece of wood, a prayer to the water, Klehini River, and just say a prayer and give it back to the water. Finally, the crowd moves towards the bridge. Hotch begins the ceremony. The Kinek Yegi, ever present spirit. Ha itinach yachyati. Yagi yi, we need your help today. Our river, we want to protect it. We want it to flow in good health, in perpetuity, forever. Participants cast their pieces of wood and their blessings into the river. Tribal President Kimberly Strong speaks. I think that we've never come out and said we're in opposition to the mine. What I am afraid of is this hard rock acid mine and what it will do to us. The crowd then slowly walks off the bridge. Daniel Clonaut is a resident of Klokwan. He was at the event. I'm here today to stand with everybody else on protecting the water. We need to protect the water to protect our salmon because salmon is a way of life in this valley. Resident Jack Strong agrees. I live in Klokwan. This is, this is our life. It always has been our life for thousands of years. And I can't see why we would want to change anything for what? What is the gain for, for the world to take and ruin this? Nothing. Nothing. An international tribunal has recently accepted to hear a case brought by a coalition of Southeast Alaska native groups. They claim upstream pollution from Canadian mines violates their right to life, health, well-being, and the benefit of culture. 
Nancy Keene sees this regional organizing as positive. We are going to be at the table and speak to these things that we know we have a right to speak to, the inherent right to our traditional foods, the way that we're going to take care of our world in a good way. Lonnie Hodge concurs. Why is it okay to dump toxic waste? Is it because our people don't count? What's up with that? We need social justice for all people. We're not going to sit back and be quiet about it. This is our life. This is our way of life. This is our home. Representatives for Constantine Meadows, who owns the Palmer Project, did not respond to a request for comments on their relationship with the Chilkat Indian Village. For KHNS, I'm Alan Dupremenil. The Department of Homeland Security's Office for Civil Rights and Civil Liberties has launched a civil rights investigation into the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA, after the agency distributed unintelligible information about how to apply for disaster assistance to Alaska Natives last year. KYUK's Emily Schwing reports. Yuchtun or Yupik is often the predominant language spoken in Bethel's airport terminals, where hundreds of passengers travel to and from some of Alaska's most remote indigenous communities on a daily basis. Much of the region's store-bought food travels through these same terminals, as well as supplies and equipment people might need in response to a natural disaster. There's a lot of Yupik. Julia Jimmy grew up speaking Yuchtun. Now she works as an interpreter and translator for KYUK. There's kids still growing up Yupik as their first language. And they go to school and learn English. 10,000 people speak Yuchtun on Alaska's Yukon Kuskokwim Delta. I text my kids in Yupik, they respond in Yupik, and the people are posting in Yupik on Facebook. And yeah, Yupik is still alive, and there's people passing on Yupik knowledge on Facebook and writing in Yupik, yeah. Just over a year ago, one of the most powerful storms in decades destroyed homes, fish camps, and subsistence gear all along the Bering Sea coast. Afterwards, FEMA hired California-based company Accent on Languages to translate information on disaster assistance into Yupik and Inupiaq two indigenous languages spoken in the state. But when Julia Jimmy received some of those translations, she couldn't understand them. That's because they were gibberish. It turns out the company FEMA hired to do the translations has no record of working with Alaska's indigenous languages. This fall, the Department of Homeland Security's Office for Civil Rights and Civil Liberties sent a memo to FEMA saying they opened a complaint investigation into how the agency interacted with Alaska Native communities in the aftermath of last fall's storm. The investigation aims to find out whether there are systemic problems with the way FEMA works with indigenous communities in Alaska. Sam Berlin, who hosts a weekly radio show in Yuchtun on KYUK, says he's thrilled. I think that's, that's a very positive thing, and, and to know that uh, they would take the time out for people way up here, especially in our area. When some type of disaster happens, 
that we can look to our government and get some kind of response. The mistranslations were particularly offensive to Berlin because he remembers a time when the federal government forbade Alaska Natives and American Indians from speaking their languages at all. Yes, assimilation is is what was happening. They were trying to do away with uh, our language. Accent on Languages CEO Caroline Lee declined an interview, but in an email said the situation prompted her to revamp her company's quality control procedures. FEMA's Deputy Director of External Affairs, Lucas Hitt, also declined an interview. Last January, his agency told KYUK they were no longer working with Accent on Languages. But according to a federal spending database, that's not true. Accent on Languages has landed nearly $480,000 in contracts with FEMA in the years since Typhoon Murbach. It's unclear how much of that money has actually been paid out. In Bethel, I'm Emily Schwing. And a quick look at Juno's weather here today. We're having a relatively calm fall day uh, here on this Wednesday, but that's expected to give way to increasing winds and the arrival of more rain heading into the weekend. There's a system approaching on Thursday with uh, impacts that will last into the weekend. Expect high winds and more rain showers. So enjoy the sunshine while we still have it. For more stories, you can check out KTOO.org.